Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. actually just did one person with a very cool psychic ability. I was going to do a couple of them, but then I got hooked on this person and I kept doing stories about her and then Oh my god. I didn't do Please don't else. let it be the same person. I'm sure it's not because you uh. and I kind of chatted about what you were doing what I was doing. It was different. Yeah, but my my person Carol. <laughs> I changed my person. I changed my Carol. Person. Who did you change your person to? <laughs> Carol. Oh, you and your Velma from Scooby-Doo glasses <laughs> over there. Madame Blavatsky? No. Okay, no, okay not thank God. Close. Okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was really worried. Did like, you know what happens like sometimes? Nancy Weber. <laughs> Nancy Lloyd. Frank you're Lloyd like, Weber. You're like Frank Madame Lloyd. Lloyd what? <laughs> I'm like, I did good old Nancy Weber from New Jersey. Are you talking about? What are you talking about? Okay. Who's Madame? Okay. What's her name? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> this is so scary when, like, we don't talk in depth about what we're doing because i'm always terrified that we're going to be doing the same Ending thing up on the same thing um yeah. that could happen someday i suppose and then we'll have a good laugh about it and then i will get to tell my story and you'll have to do something else <laughs> <laughs> that's why i always rush to go first every I know, time right? and you right. beat me to it today ha 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 all right so i'm gonna awesome. kick back and listen <laughs> okay good I ended up watching an episode of Psychic Investigators on the Court TV and True TV networks. And that's where I found this woman, Nancy Weber, who is a psychic medium type. Okay. So that's her paranormal ability. Paranormal ability. That Boring. is her. <laughs> Boring. That's her paranormal Everybody ability. Everybody says they're psychic. <laughs> I know. And I, we all know that I have. A torch for Amy Allen because I she's know. pretty amazing on the Dead Files, which is my favorite paranormal show. Too bad that world's gonna come crashing down when you find out she's fake. <laughs> she's not fake. <laughs> Stop it. Okay. She's amazing. Okay. I went on to Nancy's website and she describes herself as a quote, longtime practicing nurse, a medical intuitive, animal communicator, psychic Ooh. medium, and more. End quote. So if you want to know. How she thinks of herself, that there it is. The first story I'm going to tell you about Nancy's amazing abilities uh, begins when a woman was murdered in her bed in August of 1987 in the small town of Belvedere, New Jersey. 42-year-old Betty Cornish was found by her boyfriend bound naked and bludgeoned to death in her bedroom apartment. Thanks for that visual. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, he calls the police and the police began their investigation. So immediately they suspect the boyfriend, of course, because they have some circumstantial evidence and the fact that he was the boyfriend. And usually it's the significant male other in someone's life that, that murders them because it's usually done out of passion or whatever. Mm -hmm. So as the investigation progresses, Betty's sister gets a tip about the psychic Nancy Weber, and she calls Nancy to see if Nancy can help her out with 
this horrible tragedy that's happened in her life. Her sister's been murdered. They don't quite know what happened. Maybe this psychic can give some insight on it. So she calls Nancy. She goes over to Nancy's house. And Nancy's like, don't tell me anything. I don't want to know anything because I want to work cold. I don't want any information you give me to influence what I know. And so she's like, okay, great. Um, Nancy um, says she picks up her psychic information through all of her senses. This includes sound, smells, sight, you name it. That's how she receives her information. Mm -hmm. So when Betty's sister shows up, Nancy takes her hand and she can tell that this woman has suffered a great loss and is going through a very rough time. So she starts to tell Betty's sister this information and eventually, Betty's sister confirms everything she's saying is true. Um, she tells Nancy, my sister was murdered. We don't know what's going on. So Nancy says to Betty's sister, they think it's his, the boyfriend that killed Betty, right? And, and Betty's sister is like, yes. She goes, he didn't do it. And she goes, oh, okay. And then Nancy goes, she was murdered by a hammer, right? And tied up in her bed. And Betty's sister is like, yeah, that's true. So Nancy can actually see the murder taking place. Oh, and she had a lot of details she could share. So Betty's sister called the police and said, I want you to speak with psychic Nancy because she can help you guys with your investigation. Well, luckily, the lead detective on the case knows Nancy because they've worked with her in the past. And he's like, yeah, I'll talk to her. She's very talented. So that was not a problem. That's remarkable that so many police departments do work with psychics. I feel like they're a lot more open than people give them credit for. And I guess it also depends on the de the department. Like some departments are going to be like, no way. And then some departments yeah. were like, yeah, cool. And I know like one of the main things that they really appreciate are psychics who can draw. Yeah. Because uh, they, they can get a sketch of who they're possibly looking yeah, for, a suspect. Yes, yeah. But, yeah. Okay, go And ahead. Nancy's good at that. I mean, she's not, she can draw, but I don't know that she's like a, a sketch artist or anything. Mm -hmm. But um, she's very talented, as you're about to see. Um, so anyway. Um, about she, to hear. About to hear, yes. So Nancy knows the detective that's working on this case, and he agrees to work with her. So he actually takes her to the crime scene. When she gets there, Nancy immediately gets the killer was Betty's upstairs neighbor. And she tells that to the detective. And he was like, you know what, Nancy? We actually already questioned him and he passed the polygraph. So, no, I don't believe it's him. Well, Nancy did not slow down. She said his name is John and his last name starts with an R. Well, hmm. this man lived upstairs. His name was John Reese, which is a hit. The detective wow. was like, well, that's pretty cool. She got his right, his name right, but it can't be him, Nancy. He has an alibi for the time that Betty was murdered. But Nancy doubled down and was like, no, this is your guy. So when she goes into the apartment, she got the fact that the cops were working from the wrong time of death because the medical examiner had the, the time of death incorrect. And that this guy, in fact, did not have an alibi for the time of death because Betty had died later than what they thought. So she's like, no, this John guy is your guy. She keeps telling this to the de detective. And he's like, all right, fine, Nancy, just to keep you off my back, I will get a couple cops to keep talking to him about the case. Mm -hmm. And we'll see if he slips up and tells us any other information. And she's like, good, stay on him. I don't like this guy. So he's <laughs> like, okay, fine. She also got that he wore a Western belt buckle. And the detective said, yes, that's true. John Reese upstairs has a Western belt buckle that he wears. These cops start talking to John and 
he does start telling them more and more stories about how he had been in Betty's apartment, how they were friends. He would fix things for her. They found some of his fingerprints in there so he could easily explain all of that away. Right. And he's just kind of telling them more intimate details about this relationship he had with this Betty person. Um, but then he starts to like change his story a little bit and his facts start getting a little muddled and the cops are like, huh. He doesn't seem to remember details he's told us before. This is interesting, right? So it gets their attention. Yeah. So then they have a big break in the case. The medical examiner revises the time of death to be about the same time that Nancy had thought that Betty had died. This meant that John Reese had no working alibi anymore. So she was like, see, I told you guys. And the police were actually starting to build a case against him. They still did not have the murder weapon. Mm -hmm. They knew it was a bloody hammer. They didn't know where it was. So they asked Nancy if she could see where he put the hammer. She actually did draw, draw out a crude map and said that John threw the hammer into the woods near a swamp. But she could not pinpoint the exact location. That did not really help the cops very much, though. Oh, even though she said it was in a lake? She said it was in the woods next to a swampy area. Oh, okay. So, But she couldn't tell them exactly where. So in the meantime, the police are still talking to John, and they're beginning to wear him down. He's making mistakes. He's changing his story. He's giving them more information than he probably had planned to. And the police are like, yeah, this is our guy. We know it's our guy for sure because he's he's clearly lying to us so they bring him down to the station and they confront him and they say look john we know you did it you need to tell us what happened and john eventually breaks down and he confesses to the entire murder after confessing everything he told the police that he disposed of the hammer at the farm where he works so the police went out to retrieve it guess what it was in the woods next to a swampy area i was just gonna say that exactly where nancy said it would be good job nancy mm -hmm. So the police charged John Reese with the murder of Benny Cornish. He changed his tune, though, and he pleaded not guilty during the trial. But the jury didn't buy it, and he was convicted anyway and received 110 years in prison. It was a pretty gruesome murder. Oh, Pretty wow. bad. So, so that was one example of her ability to help the police solve a crime. But this next one was even more crazy and intense. So she's had more than one um, case. She's been on multiple paranormal shows. With her abilities to help solve crimes. That's amazing. Yeah. But this one is really quite something. So this next uh, story I saw on an episode of Paranormal Witness. And again stars Nancy Weber. Um, and this is another case that she cracked that was even crazier than the last one we were talking about. Again in New Jersey. And this time it was in 1982. A young girl, 17 years old, named Amy Hoffman, disappeared from a parking lot of a local mall. Her car was found with the driver's side door open, her purse in the front seat, her keys on the ground. The cops launched a massive manhunt for her as she went missing for many, many days. One of Amy's friend's moms had heard of Nancy and gave her a call to see if she could get a hit on where Amy was. Nancy knew immediately when she got the phone call that Amy was dead. But instead of telling oh. that to this poor distraught woman, Nancy told her to call the police give them Nancy's name, and she would see what she could do to help in the investigation.
A few days later, Nancy got her morning paper, and the front page featured the discovery of Amy Hoffman's dead body, confirming her psychic notion. However, the newspaper article said that Amy had not been raped, but Nancy knew that was not true. Oh, my god! So the newspaper was basically saying that there had been no sexual assault, and Nancy was like, no, there was, because she could, she could tell what happened to this poor girl. So knowing Nancy had worked with the police before, and she had made friends with a few of them, that actual morning, her friend, Detective Bill Hughes, came to pay her a social visit. So she immediately started asking him why they were lying in the newspaper about what actually happened to Amy. Why did the paper say she was not raped when Nancy knew she had been? Bill didn't really know. He wasn't up to snuff on the case, so he really didn't know what to say to her. But later that day, he went to a meeting to review the latest information on the Amy Hoffman murder. And in that meeting, the police confirmed that she had been raped. So he knew that he needed to bring Nancy in on the case. But he also knew he had to get somebody on the force that would believe in Nancy and work, be willing to work with her. Mm-hmm. So he grabbed this guy named Jimmy Moore to partner with him. And he said to Jimmy, um, you know, how do you feel about working with this psychic? And Jimmy was like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. And he's like, no, seriously, she's really good. I want you to at least meet her. So Jimmy was like, OK, I'll, I'll meet her. I'll give her a shot. Right. Mm-hmm. So they go over to Nancy's house and and uh, Bill introduces them. And the first thing that Nancy says to Jimmy is, well, why didn't the paper say she had been raped? We know she was raped. And he looked at her like, how do you know that? We didn't mm-hmm. release that information on purpose. Like that was kept secret. So he uh, she got his attention pretty quickly because she she knows what she's doing. And so he's like, all right, well, will you want to help us out on this case? And she's like, sure. And she goes, but you cannot tell me anything about it. She goes, I can't have any information about it because that's the way I work. I don't want you to influence me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me anything. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to see what I can get without any influence or trying to make your information fit what I see. I just can't work like that. And he's like, okay, cool. That's even better. It makes you even more legit. Yeah. Cold readings, though, are the best way. Yeah. They said, we're just going to drive you around and you just tell us what you get. So they take her to the shopping mall where Amy had been abducted. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge parking lot. There's over a thousand spaces. And they're driving around and they're nowhere near where Amy had been abducted. And now her car is gone. All the police tape is gone. You can't tell where it happened. Nancy says to the cops, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to make a left. You're going to make a right. You're going to go da 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 She takes them right to the spot where Amy was abducted. Right there. She gets out of the car. She can see everything that's happening. She can feel everything that's happening. Um, she said that uh, the man grabbed Amy from behind, dragged her into his green car with three brake lights across the back, which was consistent with eyewitnesses who said they saw a man sitting in a green Chevrolet with three brake lights across the back of the Whoa. car. Amy's car door was left open, she said. Her purse was on the front seat. Her keys were on the ground which were all hits Hmm. and the cops looked at each other like holy shit okay so nancy says and i quote and this is one of the fun things about this episode that i really like she said all traumatic events contain a different kind of energy and within that are details so she is able essentially to attune to that energy that's been marked on the land or the air or the space Mm -hmm. and she can read it and that's essentially what her ability is the ability to attune to a traumatic event and pick up information out of it and she can watch it over and over and over again like she's watching a video and she sees it in her mind's eye playing over and over again 
That would be so hard. <laughs> yeah. Think about that. Yeah, it would be really stressful to, to have to witness that over and over again. To relive it through the eyes of the victim. Yeah. Right? Because it's like watching a movie, but you're yeah. you're knowing it's real. Yeah. And knowing that girl isn't going to survive this. You know, right. seeing, her, seeing her being abducted, knowing she's not going to survive it. I wonder what she does to, like, cope with that. Because it can't know. be healthy. I know. You know, you can't tell me that's healthy to like she seems like a pretty tough lady she's probably Mm. in her 60s she she seems like a kind of like a tough new england type you Mm -hmm. know like she can handle that um i really liked her she seemed pretty cool with some clam chowder yeah (laughs) with a like a hint of a jersey accent some hot sauce in there yep so then the officers take Nancy to the murder site, which was in the deep, creepy, rainy woods of New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, when Nancy got out of the car, she started walking. She said she was following commands that she could hear in her head that told her where to walk and turn and when to slow down. She walked right to the spot where Amy Hoffman had been murdered. The cops said there was no evidence left indicating that that was the spot all of the evidence had been collected and removed. There was no signs, footprints, nothing that would indicate to Nancy where to go. So Nancy describes the scene as the, as the following quote, which I loved. Quote, this is what, how she's describing this wooded patch of area where she's at, where this murder happened. She says, quote, this particular area was so congealed, heavy, heavy, soaked with metallic, spiky needle knife energy, thick as water and hard to move through. End quote. She literally is feeling the the heaviness of the event and that spiky knife energy, that needle knife spiky energy. I thought, wow, it just it's so when she's moving into a place, that's what she can pick up on terms to her. That's where a violent incident took place. Yeah. Remarkable. She can fill into that. It's amazing. She said that the land and the air soaks up this energy and holds on to it, Mm. which is also sad. Nancy could feel Amy's fear and hear her cries for help, and she could feel the joy of the killer as he lived out his fantasy. Oh, God, that's horrible. She could feel the knife pain hit her body as it actually hit Amy's body. Nancy told the detectives that Amy was stabbed to death, which they knew to be true, but no one knew that about the case. So she had another hit there. Nancy knew that none of these details would help the cops catch the guy, so she concentrated on what lo- what she saw in her vision. She described him as six feet tall with dark hair with a slim face and body, but she couldn't really see his facial details. Hmm. Nancy also said that the killer was going to do it again because he's hunting. <gasps> so he's a blatant ser- serial killer is what she's saying. Unfortunately, Nancy was right. Another girl named Deidre O'Brien was abducted and murdered and left at a rest stop. The police took Nancy to the rest stop, and once again, she starts to pick up on the information. Nancy sees the same green car. She sees the man take Deidre out of the trunk, attack her in the back seat of the car, stab her in the stomach, then throw her on the ground and drive away. When Nancy looks back at the victim, she sees that Deidre actually isn't dead but is actually still alive. And Deidre gets up and runs into the parking lot looking for help. She sees Deidre run to a semi-truck sitting in the lot. Deidre bangs on the door until she awakens the driver. He opens the door and sees that Deidre has been badly hurt. So he jumps out of his rig and he holds on to her. And she thanks him and she says, I'm I'm dying. I know I'm dying, but thank you. And then passes away in his arms. Oh, which is terrible. So sad. The detectives confirmed that was exactly what the truck driver had said happened. Yeah. Oh, 
horrible. So now Nancy is really pissed off. She hates this guy. And she wants to see him get caught because what the fuck? So she starts to replay yeah. the events over and over again, looking for any details that she can to help the police. Each time she does this, she says something in the scene will get sharper. So she replays it each time. And each time mm -hmm. she does, a detail will pop out to her better, stronger. Finally, she can see his face. And she goes, gotcha. And she's able to see what he looks like. It reminds me of like when you're reading something and maybe you get distracted reading and you have to read the same page two or three times. Right. To really fully to absorb. To really get it. Yeah. Everything yeah. that yeah. passage is saying. Yeah. And she's just using her psychic ability to really pull through the information she needs to stop this guy from killing people. <laughs> Nancy was frustrated because once again, just seeing his face was not enough to really help the cops catch him. I mean, they could get a sketch, mm -hmm. but not, it wasn't enough yet. So as they're driving back, uh, they go through another small town in New Jersey, and Nancy gets another hit. She said the killer really hates the cops in this town. So they decided to stop at the police department in that town to see what they could figure out. She told the officer on duty at the front desk that she was looking for the officer whose last name started with a C. Luckily, it was a small oh, here enough... Here we go again. <laughs> right? Just L give me an initial. Yeah, just an I'm initial. I'm looking for a B. <laughs> B. Luckily, it was a small enough police force where there was only one officer that fit that description, Officer Costanza, which was a hit for Nancy. She said, yes, Officer Costanza mm -hmm. had given this guy a ticket. As Nancy can see the event play out, she starts to make out the name of the killer. She says it's James K. something itch. <laughs> but she can't see the rest of the letters. It's James K. I-C-H. James K. something I-C-H. But she can't make it out, and she's it's super James frustrated. It's James K, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, I know what it is, Nancy. Get it. I yeah, got you. She's got it. The detectives asked to speak to Officer Costanza, but unfortunately, of course, he's on vacation and he's not reachable. The three are disappointed, and they head back to their own police department. When they walk back into their own department, the district attorney on the case sees Nancy coming and immediately orders her out of the office. He makes it very clear he does not want anything to do with working with a psychic. So unfortunately, Nancy and her two detective friends are shut down. I don't know. There was some politics or something weird going on around that. Okay, you're like banging on the table. <laughs> Did you know that? You're like, you're so upset. Damn these, it. these police officers need to accept a psychic. Well, it's not the, it's not the police. It's the district attorney. Oh, the district attorney. Because the police did accept her. They did. They were working with her, and she was getting them further along than anything else had. Yeah. But the DA, I would said imagine, no. said no, because he can't throw a psychic up on the stand and expect jurors to believe that. Like, you know, that wouldn't really fly. Um, but I don't know if that's the reason why or if there are other politics involved. She seemed to sound like there was other things going on there, but I don't know exactly what it was. But they got shut down. But Nancy had so much information about this case, it was literally making her sick. She was overwhelmed. She developed yeah. a 105 degree temperature because she just was obsessed with finding this guy and, and solving this case because she didn't want him to hurt anybody else. So she picked up the phone. She called some of her psychic friends. I know that sounds funny. But they Hello, all lived in Dion. the area. <laughs> Dion, we're working friends. <laughs> so they come over to her house, and they have essentially like a mediumship seance in a weird way. They all hold hands, and they all focus their energy on this guy. 
And all of their combined energy together really allowed Nancy to get a very clear image of where he was, what he was doing, and she could see that he was stalking and trying to find someone else to abduct. And she focused all of her energy on him, all of her frustration and her rage. And she said to, to him in this moment, bring home to him all the pain he has given to women. And she said that mantra, and she focused all of her energy on him. Ooh, she was cursing him. She was. And when she was done with the meditation, she felt better, and she felt like something had lifted. The next day, mm. the two cops she had worked with, Bill and Jimmy, showed up at her front door. And they said, Nancy, what did you do? You're wanted for murder, Nancy. <laughs> Almost. Oh, God, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. What did you do, Nancy? And she's like, huh? What do you mean? And they're like, the killer has been caught. And she was like, what? I don't understand. Like, how? And they said, well, we got a call early in the morning from a guy called 911 needing help. When the police arrived, they found a man driving a green Chevrolet sedan with three tail lights across the back. The police knew that matched the description of the killer's car. They asked for his name, and he said his name was James Kadadich. And she goes, Kadadich, that's it. That's the name, Kadadich, that's it. And they were like, no, yeah. No, he meant Kadab, bitch. <laughs> Kadab, bitch. Kadaver, oh, yeah, bitch. <laughs> You're next. Um, no. So the police went on to tell her that this James Kadadich called 911 after he claimed that he was stabbed in the back by a woman with shoulder-length hair, which matched Nancy's description. Oh, my. Oh, no. Yeah. I've got yeah. chills right now. Yeah. No. Yeah. Get the fuck out of yeah. town. Yeah. Yep. Right now. Yep. So, uh, however, the police were able to determine that there was no woman. James stabbed himself. No, this is so spooky right now. They were like, no, there I was no woman. This. He stabbed himself, but he's trying to say some woman made him, or some woman stabbed him, or he was stabbed by some woman. But there okay. was no woman. There was no woman. They could tell it was a self-inflicted knife wound. In his stomach? In his shoulder. or Well, in the show, it showed that he got stabbed in his shoulder. I believe it was his shoulder. But he said he saw a woman stab him. Mm -hmm. <gasps> right? <laughs> okay, I'm speechless. Yeah, pretty amazing, right? Yeah. So they don't know why he stabbed himself. They have no idea. Uh. But um, he would have done it about the same time that Nancy was at the height of her meditation and repeating her mantra bring home to him all the pain he has given to women. They started to search his car, and they found uh, Amy's blood, the first murder victim, in the car, and they found chunks of Deidre's hair in the trunk. Aww. So they arrested him and charged him with their murders. It turned out that James Kadadich had already been convicted for murder in Florida for killing his roommate. Once he was in prison, he murdered another inmate, though he was not convicted as he pled self-defense. James Kudadich was tried and convicted for both Amy Hoffman and Deidre O'Brien's murders and received death sentences. But unfortunately, his case was overturned by the Supreme Court in 1990, and he has now been sentenced to life in prison instead. He insists that he is innocent, and he even requested a DNA test to be done. He is eligible for parole in 2038 when he will be 90 years old. And that is Nancy Weber and her badass ability yeah, to stop Good job, Nancy. Stuff. So is there a follow-up <laughs> on this supernatural 
amazing woman who can so she um has a website which um i think i was included in my show notes of course you can click on that she does do readings for people she doesn't work with the police anymore she's retired i think she teaches classes um but she's very popular because she's in a couple of different stories in these paranormal shows and her abilities are pretty intense they're pretty amazing i mean a lot of cops sounds like it yeah a lot of cops work with psychics that yeah. try or maybe are frauds. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, sometimes finding the real deal is rare, but when you find it, damn, you find it. Yeah. Uh, from what I've gathered, um, psychics can get certain hits on things, but usually it's, it's not enough to build an entire case from, you know, like Nancy has done, yeah. uh, which is just amazing. She's able to do that. It's amazing that she was able to get that guy to stab himself. <laughs> Okay, that's the part I liked the best. Yeah. Because she's got Yeah, she's got some voodoo power there. She can send like a doppelganger out of herself to Sounds like it. torture him. Yeah, she said that her mom used to call her a witch because they didn't know what to call her abilities. Ugh. Maybe she was one. I don't know. Or it's one. That was a great story. I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> The episode of Paranormal Witness is really good, you guys. I, I mean, the scenes are very... It's hard to watch because they're emotional. And they show you yeah. the murder scenes. And that, it's hard to watch that. I can't do true crime stuff yeah. because of that. I'm yeah. just too sensitive. I, I don't want to have nightmares it's, over all that. It's pretty intense. But the fact that she was able to do this was pretty fun to watch and to get that guy and he's still alive he's still in prison in uh new jersey or wherever and he wants out of course yeah but yeah well some scientists you gotta you got a person to study yeah we want to no know how all this stuff works yeah absolutely that'd be great And then Nancy says, yeah, she, they think it's the boyfriend, right? And Betty's, and, um, I'm sorry, I'm talking <laughs> this up. <sighs> Betty's so, <laughs> because the medical examiner, um, examiner. God damn it. <laughs> See, this is what happens oh, when no, we it's go fine. too late. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're gonna, you're gonna be happy when I do mine. It'll be a complete <laughs> shit show. I'm sure. Nancy, or, uh, Betty had died later Damn it. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.